Well, we are um, nearing the end of a series that's uh, on the screen entitled Renovate Your Slash Our Lives. And we looked at a lot of um, different things, and I truly hope that the series has accomplished, and I, I share that because I know that that's God's hope, that the truth that has been presented throughout this, this series does just that that it helps bring change and it helps bring transformation to, to our lives regardless of where we're at. Regardless of where we're at in, in terms of the physical sense of our life, uh, where we're at spiritually, that, that we would be able to, to work and continue to change and transform into becoming who it is that God plans for us to be and planned for us to be from day one. That, that's where we started, week one, blueprint. Looking at truth out of Jeremiah 29. Knowing that God has plans for us, better than what we can draw up, better than what we can imagine. And that's what this series has been about. Psalm 51, getting rid of the, the junk and the garbage, changing, transforming that way, becoming healthier, more spiritually clean, if you will. Recognizing the weight and the garbage and the baggage that weighs us down and those things that stand in the way of exalting and glorifying God and letting Him shine in our lives. Building our lives on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, Matthew 7, and a strong framework, His Word. That those, those are what help transform us. We can stand strong on Jesus Christ in our hearts and in our lives. And we continue to build on the framework that he gives. And, and knowing that he works um, from the inside out, that, that we're wired by and given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We looked at Ephesians 4, John 14 the following week. Knowing that God desires inside to change us and gives us the, the empowerment and equipping to do that through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then gives us all of the materials, 1 Corinthians 3, that, that great message you received from Pastor Kathy last week. All of the things that he puts in place to enable us to be, to be. So many different things as you start to think about it. So many tremendous truths so, so that we can simply grow and be transformed in Him. That there's no obstacles, nothing that would hinder, including the tremendous truth that we're going to look at today about finishing a good work well. Finishing a good work well. The good work that God is at that's striving and wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. So to finish that well, in terms of what that means and, and what that looks like. Because there's all kinds of things. I just think about recognizing that, that God has been at work in our lives, some of us for a very long time. And that finishing well piece you could think about in terms of, of the rest of the life that you have, I, I'd hope that you think about it in the terms of every day, that you can finish well every day. And that you can represent who it is that God is, who Jesus Christ is from day to day. You can finish well in everything that he gives you to do. And certainly, age is a factor there. There's life experience that's lived, but it's not the primary factor. 
The primary factor in terms of finishing well is actively seeking God, of wanting to finish well, of wanting to be who it is that He created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be. That that is your heart's desire. And that's the hope that He has for you and for me. To finish well. I remember a time when I was um, serving in Fremont. We renovated our sanctuary. And I was really good friends with a guy who did a lot of the carpentry work. And uh, we were going to work on a project together. And I was going to do the finish work. And um, so he says to me, he gets it all done. I was checking in with him and saying, well, are you ready for me yet? Are you ready for me? No, no, no. So he finally says, yep, I'm ready. He says, here's what he said. He said, make me look good. That wasn't hard with him. He's an incredible carpenter. Um, did meticulous, great work. But, and I kind of took it as, you know, don't botch it up, all right? You know, I did this good thing, don't, don't mess it up. Um, and because here, here's the truth, right? You can have all kinds of good work, but if what it is that people see simply because of, of who you're being, it, it, it cannot look good. Isn't that true? And you get to the end of things and in terms of the revealing, and that's where it's so important not to lose focus, not to finish well. And so think, I, I've been going through the series with an analogy of renovating homes. Think paint, think trim, think mudding. Think of all of the things that you see. You know, you don't see the, all of the, the great wiring and, and all the other things, not even the materials maybe that the walls are made out of, et cetera, et cetera. You see the finished work. And so I want to, to raise that question with you today and help you look at truth about that out of James 1, verses 2 to 4 in just a second. But I want you to ask that question about finishing well. How, how am I doing with that? Is that true of me? How, how can I finish well? Do I finish well? Look at these two pictures. We show them of the, of the painting here? So, so take a look. Do, do you want, so that's, do you want that, either one of those pictures? If you paid somebody to come in and paint or you painted yourself, whoops, go back to that last slide just for a second. Do you want, do you want that to be the end result? Yeah, I don't think so. W would you like this instead so you can advance to the next slide? How about that? That look a little better? Yeah, I don't know anybody, if they're really being honest, unless, you know, there's some question, I don't know, that they would want their house to look like the first slide. I think they would choose the second slide. And so here's the question, how about your life? Which slide do you want your life to look like? Open up your heart to the truth of God as it comes to us this morning from James 1 verses 2 to 4. Hear the living word of the great Lord God Almighty. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is the word, the truth, and the promise of God given to you this morning. Write it on your hearts and live it in your life. 
Did you, did you catch verse 2? Look at what it says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What, what do you think about that? I mean, is that not hard? Isn't it hard to consider it pure joy when we face trials? Let's just be honest. That's one thing that I love about Scripture. Sometimes people try to to, to sugarcoat the, the Christian walk in life by saying, you know, once you accept Jesus, everything's going to be great and fine. It's going to be awesome. We're never going to have any problems. Not so. Scripture doesn't say that. I mean, this verse is one of them. There's many other places that speak about the reality that life is hard. Scripture's honest. God is honest with us. There's going to be things that we experience that aren't easy. The question is, what, what do we do in the midst of that? Who do we be? And it's hard to look at this truth knowing that, that it's a struggle for us. Is there anybody here who thinks that, that they've got it all together, that they've arrived? I would just ask you then, how do you handle controversy? How do you handle problems? Who are you then in the midst of that? Are you doing cartwheels over COVID? You excited about it and everything that it brings? If you're a student in all of the in all of the uncertainty, college or high school or all of that stuff, loss of sports, graduation, did that make you like jump up and down and celebrate? What about work? You know, loss, finances, all the other things, and not even to mention all the other stuff that happens. You know, all of the conversations, the tension. The disagreement, that's just one piece. Now we got all the other things going on, the, the protests, et cetera, et cetera. Does that, does that, do we sit down and say, ah, oh, I am filled with joy over that? It shows we got some work to do, maybe. And we might ask ourselves, you know, God, are you kidding is this a joke, this verse? It's not easy. It's tough. But we, we, live, we live in, a, in an instant push-button world, don't we? We want gratification now. Did you read this story? Last week I read... Um, Online, and I know not everything's true, but it was in multiple accounts of it, where somebody was in a um, drive-up line at a Burger King, and they got to the window, and they were irate, and they shot and killed the worker. Do you know why? Because it took too long. Boy, does that ever say a lot. I mean, culture is magnified in culture, I hope, above and beyond what we experience as followers of Jesus, but it's still true for us. We struggle with adversity, with trials. And, and, and that just shows you maybe a little insight into where the world is at and how lost and how hurting it is. That somebody had the struggle of waiting too long in a line, so they decided to shoot somebody simply because 
They didn't get their burger in five minutes. Is God asking for the impossible when he says, consider it pure joy? And I want you to note what the verse says. It doesn't say, consider it pure joy when you face a trial. Did you catch the wording? What does it say? Whenever, whenever, always, constantly. Not just being able to handle an isolated trial or something that comes up with, with joy. In that one situation, whenever you face trials, and then you saw that it's not just a trial or trial. It says all kinds of trials. And the implication is that there needs to be uh, something about us that, that handles, that endures, that has joy, even in the midst of, of whatever trial comes, whenever it comes. And I, I don't know about you, but I think that's incredibly hard to do. And yet, how, God is not kidding. He's not joking. He's not asking for the impossible. We read on in verse 3. So consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know. I want you to think about those three words. Because you know. Do you know? Follow. Do you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance? I think so. Trials and tests can grow our faith. You know, we don't grow so much spiritually in the good times. Is that not true? If you look back and think about your life, and you think about the times when when you've, you've grown spiritually, parts of you have, have just increased in terms of your trust and your faith. That, that's born out of adversity, almost always. I'm not saying that, that or precluding the fact that you couldn't grow in good times. I think there's things that you can learn in terms of God's providence and His goodness. But we grow, we grow primarily out of, out of adversity when our faith is tested. And it changes us and it transforms us. I, I thought of a, a, a passage that um, I, I read in my devotions this week. It just you know, I, I I pray through these passages and seek God's leading about them. Uh, hopefully in advance. This is about two months in advance. This is what I read this week out of Psalm 112 speaking about someone who is seeking to follow the Lord and is striving to live a righteous life. It says this, Surely they will never be shaken. A righteous person will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Did you hear that? Their heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their heart is secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look on triumph over their foes. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. It's not saying that trials and tribulations are fun. It's not saying that they're easy. It's not saying that you, you can't desire to have them wiped away, that you wish that you wouldn't go through them. If you could go back 
It's not something that you would endure. But it doesn't change the truth. That we grow. That we grow in the midst of testing and trials. And, and each time, hopefully, there's another layer. There's a firmer, firmer sense of who God is. There's strength. There's more faith. There's a sense of knowing who it is that God is. That is so critically important. I love those words. Because you know. Because you know. You know who God is. You know His promises. You know what He says in His Word. And you know it because you live it. And I want you to think about what that means and what that looks like in terms of tests and trials, even on the onset. It's every phase, at the onset, in the midst of it, and at the end. You know, sometimes I would, would share with, with leaders when something happens, things are going really well, and then something like COVID happens, and, and, and here's, a, here's a reality about the truth for us in life in terms of trials and tribulations. If you're not getting any, you might want to think about your walk with the Lord. And here's why. Because Satan only attacks those that he considers worthy. If you are lukewarm and complacent, he's not going to give you too much trouble. Because you're not giving him any. See, the attacks come when you're starting to exalt who God is. And things are happening and the Lord is being glorified and exalted. And so part of the joy in that is saying, God, I must be worthy of Satan's attention. I know, it's kind of weird, but it's true. And at the onset, when something happens, when you see it coming, when that Mack truck is bearing down on you, there's joy in knowing that you serve a God who has made you promises. Is that not true? Promises to endure, promises to, to make it through his protection, his peace, his care. That's on the onset. Then when you're going through it, as you continue to seek him, as you continue to call out, the answers that he gives, the care and the goodness, it might not be exactly how it's drawn up and it's tests and trials for a reason. Again, not easy. There'll be an impact, a lot of times a negative impact in terms of the living of our lives. And I love what, what 1 Peter 6 and 7 says about that in chapter 1. And this you greatly rejoice. There it is again. Boy, it's really testing us there. And this you greatly rejoice, speaking about trials and tribulations. So now for a little while you've had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, so that your faith of greater worth than gold, more than anything else, which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor in Jesus Christ. There's the bottom line. Trials and tests, not easy. But something happens inside of us when they come. As they come in the midst of them. Have you ever been there? You're struggling, you're going through something hard, and you just cry out to God. And you seek who He is, and you listen and you hear, and what you hear is good, and it brings peace. Know God because you know. And you know because you ask and you sought. That's the difference.
That's the blessing that we have as followers of Jesus. And then, of course, on the other side of it, on the other side of it, that's when I think we can really have that that joy that we, quote-unquote, we made it. I think about all of the, the stories when David faced the, the trial and the test of Goliath and he's standing there and he's looking at a fallen giant. There's a lot of things he was thinking, I imagine, and feeling, and, and one of them had to be joy. You know, God, God gave him victory. I, I think about the Israelites. You think, you think it was not a test to walk through walls of water, a test of faith? Try it sometime. Can you imagine what they felt like when they got to the other side? And then when the water came down on the Egyptians? Joy. What about you when when you made it through that hard time, that, that difficult moment, that test, that trial? And you recognize that at the end of the day, even though, again, we don't like to go through them, that something happened inside of us that was good. We trusted God more. We relied on Him more. What's that say? Frog, well, frogs fully rely on God. You ever seen that? The trust was there. The faith was there. We persevered. Now, I... I clearly remember a, a, a time in my life, probably the greatest test that, that, I've, that I've had. I had a, a number of them. But when I, when I was newly married, just got blessed with um, that wonderful wife sitting over there. And, and I had um, started and embarked on a career that was my plan. If I told you this story, sorry, you're going to hear it again. So from the time I was young, um, starting out in high school, I had a one-track mind. And that one-track mind was, I was going to be very successful, make a lot of money. That's all that really mattered to me. And so I started to do all kinds of things to accomplish that goal. Um, took all the classes I could. I was at a very big high school, so they had a lot of diverse departments in terms of education. I took all the business classes that I could. Got involved with an organization called Junior Achievement. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. It was really big in that day won all kinds of awards, did all kinds of things, represented the school in, in business competitions. And then I went to school, took all the classes. I didn't like the electives, um, or the, excuse me, the, the ones that you had to take, you know, like English 101 or something. So I wanted to take all business classes. If you're an English major, I'm so sorry I said that, but, you know. Because I had one track, my, I was just go, that was my goal, and then I went and got a job. I was well on my way. There was something else that was happening too, though. Not only did I get blessed with with my wife, who was a an outstanding woman of God, still is, but he started to work on me spiritually too. And at church, I started getting more involved in things. God was just working on me. Got involved in youth ministry, and then it happened. The test. Um, I, I went in one day and was totally stunned by it, was accomplishing all of the company goals, all that other business beyond that. And I, I say this is the only job I've ever been fired from. 
And that's because I wouldn't be deceitful in what they were asking me to do. That was a devastating day. And then the aftermath of that. See, we just bought a house, etc. I took a lot of um, responsibility for providing and, and the other things, working hard. And in that one moment, it kind of like all came crashing down. And I remember going out and having conversations with God. Have you ever yelled at God? Yeah, I did. I wasn't happy about it. Um, we had quite the conversations. But I remember most how it ended up. And uh, I was um, crying like crazy and just out of anger and stuff. But then I, I ended at this place. I said, okay. I, I promise that I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. Not me anymore, but you. That was a life changer. And from that moment, I've never looked back. And when I think about that, and I think about that moment, I consider it pure joy. Because I never would have been um, a person who exalts God as much as I do now. I know I have problems and issues, but, but like... I would have been if I would have been following my own dreams and my own pursuits. And so I consider it pure joy. All of the things, all of the opportunities, all the moments I've had with people spiritually, just incredible. And I wouldn't change that for one thing. It brings me incredible joy, and that moment brings me incredible joy, even though it was one of the most painful things that I've ever experienced. And, and what I want to do today, and I'm sure it's true for you, is to finish a good work well. And again, I'm not talking about um, the end of my life. I'm talking about every day that, that I want to finish well. And that's a challenge that we have. And that's what I hope you see in, in this passage a challenge to finish well today, always, in the future. Verse 4 says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's what God wants for you, to be mature, complete, to not lack anything, to finish well. There's different ways to look at that. There's different ways that are given in Scripture to finish a good work well. Are you familiar with 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 and 12? You will when I say, hopefully, or at least the analogy. He, Paul talks about and shares truth about fighting the good fight. Think about that for a minute. Fighting the good fight. Life as fighting the good fight. First of all, what is it called? A fight. You ever been in a fight? Fisticuffs. That was terrible. I don't know anybody who fights like that, but... You know, you, there's punches thrown sometimes. And unless you're like a golden glove boxer, you might take a few to the jaw, to the lip. Your lip's going to get bloodied. You might get a bruise, a black eye. That's fighting. But he says, fight the good fight. Know that life's a fight. You're going to have those scrapes, those dust-ups, those moments. Fight the good fight. And then you think of perseverance. See, always answer the bell. 
Because you know how it ends. You know what God has promised you. Because you know, right? We read that. Because you know that there is victory in Jesus Christ every day, always. Even though you're in the midst of a tough time. There is victory. Answer the bell. Persevere. Fight the good fight. Paul speaks as well of life being a, a race. Run the race of faith. If you remember those passages, one of them is 1 Corinthians 9. Verse 25 says this, everyone who competes in the games, you know what he's speaking of right there, everyone who competes in the games? Speaking about the Olympic games, they were around then. They were a big thing in the day of Jesus in Roman culture. And when he says this, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And he's talking about run the the race in a way to get the prize. There's only one race in the Olympic Games at that time. Do you know what it was? It wasn't the hurdles. It wasn't the sprints. It was the marathon. You ever talk to people who run marathons? And they train really well if they're, like, in it to win it. They they talk about things, about getting tired, about hitting the wall. Running a marathon is exhausting. I can't even think about it. I don't think I've ever ran 26 miles. Nor would I really want to, quite frankly. But but Paul said that's what our life is like. That's the truth. Running a marathon. You're going to get tired. You're going to get exhausted. There's going to be times when you just want to give up. Persevere. Run the race. Have you ever seen it? One of the best times of a race, and I've heard of that sometimes people are, are running, and they're, they're running, and they think about, they break it down, they, the mental strength to finish a marathon and, and to compete at a very high level. It takes a lot of mental fortitude. And I've talked to runners, and they said, there are times when I'm running that all I think about is the next mile. And then when I get into the home stretch, all I think about, and the home stretch for them is what, four miles, you know? They're saying, I just think about step by step by step. Every step I take. And by the way, I know Kathy said something about my vacation um, not sounding like a vacation because we did a lot of physical work. When I'm on that port trail and I'm carrying that canoe, over a mile port. All I'm thinking about is the next step. Marathoners break it down. They think about the next step. If I can just take that, ne- I'm that much closer to, to finishing. And then, then the cool part of the race. Have you seen this? Have you ever, anybody ever watched a marathon? No? Is that boring for you? I'm, but they get, they run this long race and they come into the stadium. Everybody starts to cheer and they're round in the corner and they're running, they're running, they're running. They get to the finish line and what happens? Almost all of them fall down. They collapse and they get this look on their face. Some of them start crying tears of joy. It's joy. And I have to believe that for the overwhelming majority, unless they're the ones who are going to be holding the gold medal, There's a lot of joy in that, but I think a lot of it is just, I did it. I made it. I competed. I finished. And I finished well. I'm at the Olympic Games. So, your life, a marathon, a fight, what does it look like? 
you know, I love the example of, of Jesus, greatest example of all in terms of, of finishing well. You know, when he was um, starting out his ministry, um, public ministry, he always wanted to finish well. There is a story, maybe you're familiar with it in John 4, about meeting a woman at a well, a woman that had a lot of problems in her life, and Jesus speaks to her. And his disciples come up because he had broken all of these rules, and they're kind of like, you know, what are you doing here, you know, talking to her? They went off to get food, and they offered Jesus um, a sandwich. And I love his response. His response is this. And so this is, this is before the cross. His response is this. My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. And, and that part maybe we stick in our, in our mind. But then he says this, and to finish that work. I just don't want to do the work that my father sent. I want to finish it. And finish it, he did. And and was it hard? Was it a struggle? Well, go to Luke 22, read verse 42. He's in the garden. He's agonizing. And he's asking God literally, "Can can you remove this? Do we want trials in our life? No. Did Jesus? Not at that moment. If you can take this from me, please do it. See, he knew what it meant. He was going to die. He, he's going to go through all kinds of agony. Whipped, beaten, mocked, spidiculed, spit on, all kinds of things. And then it was going to end with a terrible death. Anybody want to do that? So he didn't either. But you know what he said. You know what his prayer was. But not my will, but yours be done. And the last thing that's recorded is Jesus saying when he was on the cross, remember what it was? It is what? Finished. A good work that God did brought to completion all the way through his life and at the end. So God wants to offer that challenge up to us to finish well. He's done a good work in your life. If you know Jesus Christ, He's done the greatest work that could ever be done. If you know the blueprint, if you're trying to live into it, you're getting rid of some of the garbage in the trash, or you're trying to stand on that firm foundation called Jesus Christ, build a good framework in your life, a good work. If you're trying to use the right materials, a good work. If you're trying to finish well, a good work here's the deal folks people are going to think it's ridiculous at times they're going to laugh at you they're going to scoff in terms of your faith they're going to tell you you're nuts that you're crazy they're going to reject it they're going to tell you to look at the facts just the facts please you would be right where Jesus Christ was Finish well. Today, tomorrow, always. That's my hope for my life, and I trust and believe and hope it is for yours. Finish well. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father,
I give you praise and I give you thanks for your word. Lord, even though we struggle with the truth sometimes, we know it's always true. Because we know. And Lord, I pray that our faith would rise up. I pray that for each person here, whatever it is that they they thought about in terms of trials and the things that they're facing and dealing with right now, that they would know, they would know you. And they would seek you out and they would experience all that you desire them to know about you in that moment and as they work through it. And even though it might be hard and even though there might be things that they wished wouldn't happen that that do, that, Lord, in the end they would finish well and they would see the victory. They'd hit that tape. They'd have their arms raised by you because they're too tired to lift them themselves, Lord. But they would... They would experience that victory that you want to bring each and every time. Help us, O oh God, to exalt your name, to bring you glory, to shine the light of Jesus Christ, to finish well. Might it be in your name we pray.